Welcome to Tigers Untapped, a Bluff City Media podcast. Stepping up to the microphones are your hosts, Trey Lasley and TJ Willis. Pull up your chair, grab your favorite brew, and enjoy the conversation. Now, let's get to the show. Guess who's back, 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 back again. Get, get, tell a friend, tired dad is back. Uh, what up, fellas? We're virtual this week because the Rona is going around BCM. The Rona's going around BCM, and somebody's got a new baby. Yeah, wanted to and give you for a that reason. TJ, tell the people what we're drinking this evening. There's actually two reasons we're drinking this. What you don't have it? No, I, I'm going to be honest. The screen just disappeared. I got nothing, guys. I've been having technical issues all day. I can't see us. I can't see you guys. I got nothing. Blindly showing you this. We can see. We got Ghost River gold, but it's not the normal gold. This is the locale. Locale. We're going light tonight, Kenny, because I'm only like eight mm. days into this new babe. So I need a little lighter. 3.6. I can't risk any uh, hangovers. These midnight wake up calls. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Reason two, we're going lighter. Just because of the season, Penny himself has said he's been going lighter on this crew all year. So That's I figured right. we'd we'd go a little locale mm. uh, to commiserate the the season as such so far. So, so, so next week to commiserate the fact that this is supposed to be a harder week for the, the Tigers. hardest week. I think we're gonna do. Uh, TJ handed me a. A plethora of new brews uh, earlier today. There was something in there that was like devil's fire, hell's something. Mm. That's probably going to be it. Like that, yeah. Just to commiserate with all the yeah. boys as they pending, have experienced pending how uh, UAB goes. But yeah, this is supposed to be hell week for the fellas. So uh, thoughts and prayers for them as they they go through this week. Started started hell week with a uh, off day which is typical of a hell week. You know, you like to like to go ahead and get that started with the day off. Um, so it's going to be a tough week for the boys, I think. <laughs> Man, I'm sorry. I'm so distracted by TJ. I, I'm trying to figure out where the hell the screen is. I can't see anything. All I'm looking at is a picture of myself and my kids and my wife. That is all I've got up. I don't know where that's windows. All, that's all you I need. Can't, I can't Family's- see anything. Family's all that matters. <laughs> Except when you're doing a podcast and you're trying uh, to look at scores. Um, really anything, if we're being honest. Well, I mean, it's a great segue. TJ is struggling just like the Tigers struggled last week. Well Going 0, 0, 0 and 2. Um, <clears throat> really a dis- quite a disgusting week. Thursday. The snowstorm of 24, there was all of what, 1,200 people in the building, maybe 800? The sixth well, main. Kenny, Kenny didn't even go. I didn't go because I had the Rona. Uh, my, my tail would have been there. I didn't tell you? I didn't know. No, I thought you just didn't go because the roads were bad. Shoot, man. No, I didn't go because I'm the one that I'm patient zero with the Rona. Is the Rona. BCM. Wow, I didn't realize that. Yeah, man. Wow. I um I had the Rona all week last week. So the so like 
we literally didn't get out and play in the snow like one time because I was in the bed wow. a lot. That's awful. Tragic. I don't think you missed a whole lot because it was uh, damn cold. Well, there, so the, the bed sounds like a better place to be. It just felt it, it you know, back to the that U, USF game. It was just funny because it's like, you know, hey, it's the there was nothing ma- funny about it. It's the sixth main game, hyping mm. it up, show up, show and there up. There were literally there were literally six mains in that building, <laughs> and then like thirty minutes before the game started, they send out a tweet saying, "Don't come, don't come." <laughs> I mean, what? Why? I get it that like. In a way, I guess that's such a weird thing. Like, just let the people decide if they want to come or not. Like, why? I did like that they let them sit wherever they want, you know? Yeah. Why not just say, hey, if you're able to make it, come on down. Tonight's game, anybody can sit wherever they want. Free seating. Why? They don't come. Like, I don't know. It's just, it was a weird. I don't think it ended up really mattering. I will say going into that and seeing it and knowing that we're not going to be more than 1,500 people there. I initially was worried about that game because it just felt like it's going to be a dead building. You know, at times we've had our crowds kind of help us in tough situations. And for the first half, it felt like it did not matter. It wasn't going to matter. No. Yeah. Eight, 18 minutes left in the ball game and we we're up 52 32 and I'm all gravy. I'm like, hey, all right, I'm going to go do bath time. We get Catherine down. Mm. Mama's feeding baby William. I walk out of bedtime routine walk into the bedroom, mm. see it on the TV, and it's 59-55 or something. And I was like, what? And Natalie was just like, I, I know. I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. And then it was it was just over from that point. I just knew it was over. I knew we were losing that game. Yeah, they they definitely cared more the second half. Like, I mean, it, it felt like the Tigers were just chunking up threes left and right. And I don't know if it's just one of those situations where – they were taking, you know, the easy shot that was given to them, or if for some reason they thought those threes were going to go in. But I don't even know if they hit a three in the second half. And I'm not being sarcastic. I, like, I legitimately am not confident they hit a three in the second half. They being Memphis, that is. I just don't understand my uh, why Penny seems to struggle with South Florida so much. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this I, is a, this is the first time we've lost to him at home. Well, it, I think it was his first year, which whatever his first year, not really. Then we get down like twenty six to one to sell at South Florida. I think the game Jeremiah had like forty something, forty five or forty six. I remember that game. I had forgotten about that one. That was the one or where twenty twenty five to one or something. Insane. Yeah. Yeah. Why do we struggle? Why does he struggle with South Florida so much? Although this is not this is this South Florida team is much better than I would say probably recently. But just not Tyler. A, yeah, the Tyler Harris USF. The teams. Tyler Harris game. Yeah. Last last year. What was our first conference game? Tyler went off at 17 in the second half. Yep. TJ, there you go. I'm Rain Man and I don't know. Just is disgusting. Yeah, I rebounded him. He shot pretty decently from the field. You're just we just don't play defense anymore. I don't know what happened. We just don't play defense. It's pretty consistent that they're still just not guarding the three point line, and I don't think anyone has any type of answer as to why it's happening. 
I mean, I think it's still the same stuff, right? It's communication. It's helping too much. It's leaving shooters to help when you shouldn't be doing it. I mean, shit, we saw it Sunday in the Tulane game. And that under under the goal out of bounds with a couple minutes left. David just like for whatever reason tries to anticipate double teaming. Was it Jane or did he leave James to go try he to He left team? James in the corner to go try yeah. to double team Forbes at the top of the key. Like anticipating the ball being in and out of there, but literally left the easiest and closest pass from that inbounds location, which was the near corner. Like, why? What are you doing? Of all of all people that are leaving somebody to anticipate double teaming, like, why is it you in that spot on the floor? It's just stuff like that. Like, I don't know. And then, I mean, credit the teams; they're knocking down the shots open. Like, yeah, I mean, it definitely does seem like that every game the Tigers play, that team they're playing has like a. You oh, know, I, career I wanna, night from three yeah. point line from whatever whatever they're not good at, they're going to be great at that that yeah. time that game. And you know, you you kind of tend to wonder like, what's the game plan situation looking like? Like, why why are yeah you know are they are they legitimately like going okay? We're not going to let them take. We're going to give. We're going to take this away from them. And USF or USF and Tulane just spent like hours practicing just threes. And I don't know, man, it's just, it's just why I mean, at times it's definitely part of the, the game plan. I think it's give up, not necessarily give up, but we'd rather them take threes. They don't shoot well from three. And then, like you said, I, I can't remember the tweet, but I saw it at one point where dude, it was like seven out of the out of 10 teams we play we're having either a season high in threes made or their next closest season high in threes made it's right. like Ole Miss did it UTSA obviously did it because they hit 16 or whatever it was like Vandy I think was up there like it was just night in and night out teams were just raining and having a season high from three and I think at times it's because we're like hey these these dudes don't necessarily shoot that well there's certain guys we can leave open and in in that instance you do that and a guy that's shooting 21 percent on the year comes out and is three of four yeah and those three are backbreakers like those th- those three are tough like when you when you At get spots where you like can't that, be yeah. given up a three yeah yeah and when you get when you when those guys get points it's like you know you're gonna have to give up points to somebody and yeah. when it's the guy that it's three or four from three who's shooting on average like 20% from three. It's just like these points are painful. Like these yeah. points were not, these points were not uh, accounted for in the pregame, you know, uh, yeah. pregame plan, <laughs> game plan. And what yeah, I mean, the other a stat that was like every team we've played in conferences hit double digit threes. I think SMU was probably the one that didn't do it. If I remember correctly, but everyone else is double That's digit threes, which is so absurd. Disgusting. Absurd. That's literally disgusting. Yeah. South Florida hit 10. I mean, oh. That's so bad. The other thing that stuck out, though, in that South Florida game was eight assists. I mean, we were not sharing the basketball. Got back into that second half playing one on one hero, me ball. Yeah, 27 buckets, just, 27 buckets, eight assists as a team in that game. That's just, just gross. Such a terrible second half offensively. What did I think? Would we score 47 in the first half? 
Is that right? Yeah, 47 and scored and 26 in the second. 26 in the second. That's so bull. It's just bad. And then we come out, like, here, here's my thing. Like, we had been talking about this for a while, that the Tigers were playing with fire, right? That they were, um, I mean, even Javon Quinterly said it after a post game. He said, you know, we're playing with fire, and at some point we're going to get burned. I don't think anybody really thought – especially at home that that game that that burn game would be usf oh, right? oh i mean especially after the first half like yeah yeah i don't going into halftime there i i don't i couldn't imagine there was anybody that was either at watching that game of either team that thought that yeah. that game was going to end up going the other way yeah it just i don't know it just didn't seem like it but yeah i mean if we're sitting here and we had won that south florida game and i was Again, the first half, I was getting excited because you guys are going to joke. But metrically, I was like, this is what we need. We need to blow teams out like this. This is going to help. We just come off a blowout of Wichita Wichita State, State, right? You jumped 11 spots after that one. Like, this is great. This We're finally going to start moving up the metrics to match what our AP ranking and our, you know, our record is. And then they flip it. So it's like that one sucks so bad because it's a Q3 loss. It's at home. And it's we talked about it, Kenny, a little bit like that one plus the two lane one. It feels yeah. like it's starting to become a trend. Like if you win the South Florida yeah. game like you should have, and like it looked like you were going to, and then you drop this one by one two at Tulane. Yeah. Whatever. Right. Like I want to go in lost, not the end of the world. It's fine. You knew it was gonna come, but I want to go in order here. Let's go in order here and let's kind of dissect the the week in the life of a tiger basketball fan. All right. I don't wanna. Um, so we had the USF game, obviously coming off the Wichita state game, high hopes, blew that team out on the road. Honestly, Wichita state is not a bad team. So the fact that they came in to their home arena and blew them out, everybody was like riding high, like, okay, yeah. Top 10 in the country, you know, this, that, and the third. And then they come into the USF game. Awesome. First half, terrible second half. And then the post game hits. And I'd love to get y'all's thoughts on Penny's comments because I feel like that game, that USF game, while it was a tough loss, I think that the, the the frustration of that would have lasted for maybe like a day or two. But it was those post-game comments, I think, that really kind of raised the antenna of everybody that's a Tiger fan and said, what in the actual hell is happening in this? Did y'all see that? Why do you, why do you have balloons going? <laughs> Did you do that, that, TJ? No, it was with uh, your hands. How do I do that? That was incredible. Why did the but? Why did they? What are we celebrating? I don't know. I think it doesn't. I think TJ got how, me. How would I do it? Does TJ have I, admin control or something? That no. Was it's like you sent a an iMessage with those <laughs> animations that you can do. What is happening? I'm trying to get it to do it again. What did I do? I but I feel like the pain of that game would have only lasted for like a couple of days. Um, and then they start, you, you get into talking about, okay, Tulane, let's get into Tulane. But the narrative was set for the rest of the week. And that's because of what Penny said yeah. after the game. I mean, I, I think, yeah, if you, that game happens, whatever, light crowd, he doesn't say that you come out and you beat Tulane and then it's all back to where, you know, fine. You just picked up a quad two win at Tulane. You feel like they've turned it back around. I mean, the comments are definitely concerning. Um, but not, it's also not just like, so, why, 
why are we bringing that out into the open anyway? Yeah. It just feels like internal stuff to handle. <clears throat> Without a doubt. I don't know. But that's I, not really Penny's thing, though. Like, he's never. I know, but that's what we're saying. He's like, never really he, had a filter on stuff. Does he say a little too much at times? Yeah, of Probably. course. I, I think everyone. I guess that. I appreciate him being so candid, though, and letting us know what's going on. Do we? Kind, Are we kinda, do we appreciate right? that? Because, like, because when you I come mean, out I guess and you say. When you come out and you say things like there are guys that I cannot play together because they that is don't very alarming. But then you go into I don't know. You go into Sunday and it that didn't seem to be not at all thing anymore. Not at all. I mean everybody that was speculating on what those those lineups may have been like we basically saw everybody play together. Right. That you feel like it could have been. So then it's like, all right, I guess they figured it out or I don't know. I mean yeah, saying something like that is like wow. And then the whole thing about the timeouts, like we can't, we can't even take a timeout because the whole team's bitching the whole time. Like, come on. I think not really related. I'll let you keep going, and then I'll, I'll kind of ask my question when we get into a clearing. Although I will say, make that take the timeout thing took me back to the passer era, and I think last year when we had Will on. TJ, I don't know if you remember this, but he was telling stories about like at UTEP or wherever they were at, oh maybe it was at SMU. Yeah. In their timeouts. And they're like, not even nothing to do with basketball. Like they're talking about the chick on the front row. The, yeah. The, yeah, the right. five star chick on the front row. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe it gives me at least a little bit of hope that if they're arguing, it's at least about basketball. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe they're also arguing about chicks in the crowd. So, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I just, mean, that's, it's alarming. Uh, but isn't this kind of at this point, especially the yes. course? This well, it's alarming. What do you mean, par for the course for Penny's teams? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I feel like this one's different because I feel like after the Dominican and coming in, we were hearing that this team like liked each other off the court, right? Didn't I feel yeah. like that happened? So uh, it's it like definitely sad, and it. it Early, I mean, I would say earlier in the year, they seemed to play that way too. Like, I never felt like there was any sort of disdain for anyone on the team out there at any point. Like, so it's all, it feels like it's recent. I have a theory. TJ, go. I want you to, I want you to do your thing because I have a theory on all of it. Well, no, I was just going to say, like, in my mind, I think we have preconceived that there's this beef between David Jones and, and Javon Quinterly because they're both relatively ball dominant. Right. And I think it seems like each one of them wants to be the guy and you can't just really have two guys. It just doesn't really work like that in crunch time. Right. And I think we've, we've openly discussed that David Jones wants to be the hero maker. Like he's got to be the hero. Right. I, I think that's what we've seen all year long until JQ started hitting those game winners and then things kind of felt like they started tilting towards JQ. And then now we kind of have this, maybe it's, it, it's more than likely probably just made up, right? This, this battle Royal between these two and they don't actually get along and stuff like that. So I think that's kind of where we're going with that or where fans go with that. Yeah. Is those two aren't getting along. Um, and I don't even know if that's the issue. 
to be honest, I, I mean, yes, if you start paying attention, you'll notice that if Quinterly has the ball, he's not really passing to Jones that much. And it, I think that's more coincidence than it is anything. I, I'm not too worried about those guys personally. I don't. I don't actually. See I think that they're at just all. worried about. I think they're just worried about ball, right? I, I don't think that they are the issue, but I do know that yeah. people think that. I have two two thoughts on that, TJ. I I think that, um, I actually haven't seen that with with Javon much. The whole not passing to David thing. Um, I, I definitely see. One of the things I've seen in Javon is almost a deference to passing to who he thinks is the hot guy at that moment, right? Like when, when, as you said just a few minutes ago, you know, the whole theory on it is, is that Javon and David are the two main ball dominant guys, probably the best scores on the two on the team, legitimately, probably the two best scores on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet, what I've seen out of JQ is sometimes a willingness to pass the ball too much you know, like pass the ball too much um, and 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 not take shots that are he, in good sure, rhythm for yeah. him. He, I mean, he definitely like, – we saw it Sunday, right? Like he – I hate to use the word disappear, but offensively he does like for long mm-hmm. stretches of the game. It's, I forget. Yeah. In the Discord on Sunday, somebody said something like, we need JQ to step up. He comes down, immediately hits a three, and then I don't know that we saw him – make another play offensively after that like yeah well we I mean, did see him David make a couple plays hot. he turned the, like, he turned the ball over in five you know. times in like the last 10 minutes of the yeah. game so that was rough yeah. that was rough trying to throw freaking over the top passes every one of them is getting tipped and picked off there's my theory on all of yeah my, it, my, go ahead sorry no i was gonna say and i i don't i'll let you do your theory and i'll mention my point after i think it's made up I think Penny's making it up because I think that there is a level of complacency that you've heard the entire team talk about during these last, especially these conference games. And I almost wonder if he is utilizing this rhetoric of like saying things about what's going on in the huddle and guys that he can't play together and things like that to almost wake dudes up to go like, what's really going on here? Like, is this really happening? Like, Who's saying what? Almost kind of like forcing communication between the guys. Yeah, I, no, that, maybe that's I, a maybe that's a rose-colored glasses on it. But I, I honestly wonder if if Penny is utilizing one of the things we know about Penny is he is not afraid to use the media to get his points across to his team overall. And and I'm wondering if maybe he's using the media and Twitter all over again to try to bust this team out of a complacent situation. I mean, his most recent comments make it sound that way. I mean, he—I don't know—was it last night in his coach's show or after the Tulane game? But I mean, just talking about the loss of Caleb, mm-hmm. and I mean, not so much talking about guys fighting or dislike of each other. It was more of like we literally just don't have a vocal person on the team anymore. Yeah, you know, it went from after South Florida him saying. We can't even have a timeout with guys complaining and the negativity and getting at each other. We can't even discuss anything basketball related. To I think it was the last night he was saying we have timeouts and we don't even have anybody talking. Like nobody says anything. Like we don't but have a guy to come back on the coach like, too, though. Like, does it need to be the players that say something in that? Like some people. I mean, are I just, think it's you know they're yes, timid. They're sitting back you listening have, to the coach. 
like all yes, I think in a team scenario, like the best teams have vocal leaders that can like out, you got to have somebody outside of your coaching staff within sure. that group of guys that right. like can bring them together, grab people's like you know what I mean, like and especially on the court, like just communication overall. I think with this team is lacking. So who do y'all like if? If David Jones is the overall score, like the 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 superstar, if you will, on the team, one of the I things we know about one of the things we one of the things we know about David is that he is um, very hesitant to speak, you know, publicly a lot, like speak up and be vocal because of you know English being a second language for him. He doesn't like to talk yeah. a whole lot in front of the media. Um, do I think he does? Do I think he has an issue talking with his teammates? No, probably not like you see him talking a lot out there on the court, but in terms of being a leader, is it JQ or is it Malcolm? All right. So now you've mentioned him because I have a question about it now. I, I think that it has to be JQ. Yeah. I, I can't rely that on comes from Michael. the players only meeting that we heard about a couple weeks ago that JQ supposedly like brought together and said, David's our guy. We're running stuff through him. Like between him and Malcolm, Malcolm and him did that. Right. I, I just, Malcolm's got a little bit of a history and I just, whether or not some of that came out in the South Florida game, I don't know, but some of Penny's comments made it sound as if, I'll just say Malcolm didn't play in the second half, and then Penny came out and said there were guys that refused to play, and I've there's only one person to me that that could have been, and that can't be. Now, if you get Tulane Malcolm, and he's being vocal, it's all day. But I just, so now you're you're getting to where I was trying to go earlier without kind of cutting things off and kind of getting there. Where the hell was Malcolm in the second half? Like I, I think Trey's right here. Like there was clearly something going on. To the point where you weren't playing Malcolm in that. Oh, second you're talking half. about the USF and, game. Yeah. yeah, against USF. Like, where the hell was he? I mean, I don't want to say it was. If he were in the game, prior wouldn't have been that open. You know, it's kind of hard to say that, but like defensively, I, well, I think we know that I mean, Malcolm's you could, a better rim protector than than Tomlin. I, I think that's a fair. You could also argue right? that if he just plays any in the second half, it doesn't even half. come down to that. Like it doesn't come down to them having a, a sideline inbounds play where somebody gets left open and they hit a free throw to win the game. Like, I don't know. It, but then you got Malcolm in Tulane, the Malcolm of, two, of the Tulane which, game, which makes it weird. So that's why I'm like, to Kenny's point, was that Penny just saying stuff to try to like wake dudes up? Like, like what? I, I don't, think, I don't know what happened in the second half of the South Florida game, but. Malcolm flipped a switch, and it obviously did not yeah. affect him negatively. I mean, if anything, it woke him up, I guess. Well, I'll tell you another thing that woke him up, and that's the return of Jordan Brown. What did So <clears throat> you hear this stuff. You hear this stuff after the post game or after the game by Penny after the USF game. Then after that, you're starting to hear that Jordan's back. That right? I think J Jason Munns. We talked about this. I think me and did me and TJ talk about this? Did we talk about this last week, TJ? Um, I kind of dropped a hint and pieced out on you guys. I don't. Know. 
think you talked about it after that. Right. Yeah. Trey, Trey set us up. Trey set us up. Yeah. So then you hear this rumor that Jordan Brown shows up to the campus at practice on th the, the Thursday before the USF game. And then it's been left up to the players and all of the reporting, everything that we're hearing from our sources, from, you know, guys like Hitman, they're saying that, man, it's just not really, um, the players aren't receiving it well. Then all of a sudden, was it Saturday? It drops that Jordan's on the plane and you see pictures of him. I said this on, on the bluff, it looked like he had gone, been, been at fat camp for the last, however many weeks he's been gone. He's been sick, dude. People is for six weeks. You're losing 30 pounds in six weeks. You think that's what happened? You th so you think he had like a virus or something like that? And chicken, chicken noodle soup and Gatorade. You're losing so much weight. Right. Right. But he's back. He's on the plane. He's back with the team. The team announces it that Jordan Brown has returned. Does that have anything to do with, like, number one, what are y'all's thoughts on that? Number two, does that have anything to do with what happened with Malcolm on Sunday? I mean, it can't not have anything to do with it, right? Like, how do you, how could you say it doesn't, right? It's not coincidental. It can't be. When have you ever seen this from Malcolm? I don't believe, I don't believe in coincidences either, TJ. I, mean, I think yeah. it definitely lit a fire. 13 and eight. Was, what were the blocks? I don't even remember the blocks. Eight blocks. Eight. You had eight, eight blocks. blocks. The one thing I will say, I, I didn't hear it, but I heard some people that listened to the post game was after losing that game and then Malcolm coming onto the post game and complaining about not getting like two other blocks that he should have had. That really rubbed me the wrong yeah. way. I'm like, bro, we just lost to Tulane. I don't really care that you didn't get two more blocks. Um, worry about a double double. We're getting Jordan getting added added back. I'll tell you this: I wouldn't have done it if it was my basketball team. No, but we know that Penny has a soft loyal. Man. Likes to give guys. He's loyal. Gives guys second chances. Wants to be there for those dudes. And I all props to him. Like I honestly don't. There think is no way in hell I'd have given a dude that has left the team and essentially quit six weeks ago come back i'm sorry i, I, I legitimately don't think that this has anything to do with loyalty for penny i think he just knows that malcolm and naquan like to foul a lot and he needs another He's big doing man. it I, I know i know i agree with you. i don't i'll put it this way penny's doing what he thinks is best and gives him the best possibility of winning as many games as possible the most toys to play with right He's kind of given himself a little, like you said, foul trouble with Naquan and, and Malco. He needs another big, like, and there's one right there. But I a just. Form, a former Lou Henson award winner. I just feel like in that scenario, the negative could far outweigh what positive you may gain from it. Well, then. But, I mean, I don't know. We didn't, he didn't touch the floor. Sunday, and you got a literally career game out of Malco. Malcolm, I mean, listen, man. If this, if the Malco from the Tulane game keeps showing up, Jordan might not see the floor at all because that Malco's dominant. Which that is, Malco was, yeah, dominant. Well, sure, yeah. Which I would be. I mean, I'm. I'd be fine with. But I also said this, and like. As much as I say that I wouldn't do it, and I think it's the wrong thing to do, if there's anybody out there that makes it work, even if the team was against it, it's Penny. Like, 
I mean, the well, fact that that whole Amani thing worked out, and then we come in, and Amani's coming in against Gonzaga and knocking down three balls, and Boise like, and that team was back together at that point in time. Like, then this is this is nothing. And it'll be a cakewalk. Are y'all more concerned about the twenty-one season stuff that you heard, or the the stuff that's going on right now that we're hearing? Probably twenty-one because I feel like those were just stronger personalities. If that makes sense, like mm. Landers, am I like those dudes were just? And that's not to say that these guys. Mm. I just feel like it would. I don't know. I, I like, think this I one. Like this is an easier job to get the team bought in and together than that one was. I mean, that was a real like. This is you got a bunch of guys that are kind of all the same age. You've been playing ball together like a long time. That was more of like a old head versus new kids on the block kind of thing. Like I just don't know that you're really getting the age difference and gap. Like getting those guys to buy in together. You got a money coming in is like on the cover of Sports Illustrated. You think Landers gives two shits about that? Thinks his kid's coming in all entitled, penny hands in the keys. Makes yeah. him a point guard. I, yeah, the twenty one. <laughs> the twenty the twenty one to me was the tougher, more worrisome. And he was able to turn that around and shit, like I said, you were up ten at the half on the number one overall seed. So like this should be nothing. I'm with you, Kenny. I don't think all his comments are that serious, and I think it's more of a – I'm buying into what you're throwing out there. I think that I'm going to be more pissed off if this team can't get it together than I was about the 21 team not getting it together. Like, even though they did get it together to a degree, they got to the tournament, you know, they yeah. you know, played Gonzaga well, but whatever. Um I'm gonna be really pissed off if this team doesn't get it right because oh I, yeah this team this team has everything it needs to make a deep run and what's gonna really piss me off is that everybody that has come in and talked to us to anybody in interviews post games whatever all you hear is we have bigger bigger goals here we've come here to win championships we've come here to do this and now you're hearing that maybe it's not about that. Maybe it's about their numbers and stats. And that's going to really effing piss me off if they don't get it right. Because these are 25-year-old grown men. This isn't a 17-year-old Amani Bates who's got his daddy sitting up underneath the the, the goal, right? <laughs> like some of these dudes that are playing on this team have kids. They the are kids daddies. There, yeah. they, they have their kids at the game. So we're dealing with an Amani Bates type situation who's got his daddy screaming at Penny Hardaway from the baseline. In twenty in, in this season, you got dudes who are dads who are saying, we just want to win championships so that we can do, do bigger and greater things. And they're going to let this bullshit get in the way? Bro, I'm going to be pissed if they don't get this right. I'm going to be so mad. Yeah. Speaking of daddies, I think I'm being called for my daddy. Let me go check on my kid and we'll come back oh, for a second gosh. too. I've I'm in a very chilled, relaxed mode right now when it comes down to the grizzlies. Like nothing really 
bothers me one way or another. You know what I mean? But I see some people, whether it's in post-game shows, whether right. it's in uh, uh, the spaces, or just on the timeline, on Twitter, whatever, who are really, like, over-hyped about stuff that's going on right now. I'm not getting upset one way or another about any of this. You're missing four of your five starters mm -hmm. and your six-man, Brandon Clark. See, right. you're missing five of your top six players. I'm not getting mad at anything you right. do the rest of the season. Yeah, it's really. like I don't really care, man. It's yeah. like there are certain things that you cannot put back in the bottle. There are certain – the two paces out of the tube on yeah. two guys. We know that Vince Williams is good, and we know Gigi Jackson is good. Mm -hmm. How they really use them the rest of this season or whether they have good games and bad games the rest of the season, I don't really care about that because I believe they've identified those two guys exactly. as two hits. So I think the fact that you've seen those two guys, you've identified those two guys as two guys that can play, <clears throat> I don't really care what happens this season. Tune in to The Anthony Sane Show, Wednesdays and Fridays at 12 p.m. weekly on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel. I mean, largely, the reason my concern meter is so high is because of what Penny Hardaway's been saying. Um, but if you just sort of put the losses in a vacuum, they're still 15 and four, like they still have a lot out in front of them uh, and they can write the ship. But when you hear what Penny's talking about, it becomes a little more, a lot more concerning because he's talking about chemistry. He is the only coach I've ever heard in any sport that has said, I have to avoid playing certain guys on the floor because they have personality clashes. I can get by with the losses. They could start winning here soon, get back to their winning ways. We've seen it. We've seen what this team can do. But what Penny's saying, I think, has staying power, and that is scary. It becomes concerning, especially when you have a team that is so good. Like, th this team is so good and so talented, and there's so much in front of them. They've been so successful this year. But then you, this is worrying. Tune into On the Bluff with Christian Fowler and Gabe Kuhn every Tuesday at 12 p.m. on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel. Daddy's back, fellas. How's the how's the baby? He's doing great, man. He's uh, shall I say, feels easier than our first. We're only a weekend, so check with me like next week. We'll see. That might change. <laughs> um. All right. Before we broke, Kenneth was talking about how mad he would be if these daddies don't pull it together <laughs> and make a deep run. In the NC2A tournament. Mm. We are currently going the wrong direction. The good news is Penny continues to say that we haven't even scratched the surface of how good we could be. Which Let's I'm start like, scratching that surface, please. When do we need to get a quarter out and start scratching the little silver piece off to get to that code that tells us how to play damn good basketball? Mm -hmm. um, where are we at? What do we, what do we need to do? Rip, win, I baby. feel weird because I'm so I'm so down right now, and we're freaking fifteen and four. Then I go and look at the conference standings, and we're in freaking seventh place in the American. Well, but that's because there's like seven teams that have one loss. So I know. the other thing, I, this is gonna be a real downer. We've only beaten four basketball teams that are 500 or better in conference. 
Do you know that? Jackson State, DCU, Virginia. Who's the last one? SMU. Actually, A&M just wants and they may be above 500 now. Make it five. What does that tell you about college basketball, though? I don't. It's wild, dude. No, Trey. Trey's weird about this because he, I think, has this preconceived notion that our schedule that we've played a bunch of one doo-doo. Way. We've played a bunch of doo-doo teams. No, it, it's the just college four, basketball, dude. And this four, is like this every year. It's just no. it seems more out front and center because it's us this year. That's the literally how this works. SEC teams that we've beaten were combined four and seven, three and seventeen in conference. Now four and eighteen because AM just beat Missouri. That's disgusting. <laughs> this is there's a lot of talent. There's a, the parody in college basketball is alive and well. That's what that tells and me. And we've played the lower end of that bell curve. We're down here on the bell curve. It's the teams we've been playing. Which is worrisome. Everything worries you though. I'm not listen, if we were to sit here and talk about things that worry Trey Lasley, we'd be here for it. It'd be an hour and a half podcast. That's not not even close to being long enough. <laughs> not just listing remote. them off. Just list. We just list them so off. So what do we things. need to what do we need to do? Speaking of AM, they just destroyed my parlay. They were the last leg. I needed them to cover nine and a half. They won by six. Mm. All right, so what do we need to do to fix the Tigers? TJ, what do we need to do? Damn defense, first of all. Yeah, playing defense seems like it's a pretty good place to start, honestly, right? I mean, guarding the three line, maybe not switching, not, I guess, always switch, but it's the the overhelping on defense, I think, that's been the biggest issue, and we've talked about it for four episodes now, and nothing has changed. Yeah, Um, when is that going away? Well, you know, there's more to it, though. I also think it's a situation where we are constantly chasing three-point shots because teams are giving us three-point looks on purpose. Like, if you're going to beat us by three, then, like, it just is what it is, right? People are almost daring us to shoot by threes, and we almost – we didn't almost. We did shoot ourselves out of that USF game in the second half. Like, uh, it it was awful, and they were were still pushing forth with all the energy and rebounding, and, I mean, that's essentially what happened. And you've got a couple of games coming up. I think it's Rice, UAB, then Rice, or Rice, then UAB? It's UAB, then Rice. UAB, UAB then Rice. yeah. Yeah, we're going going down to a sold-out lower bowl. You a, they had that in tiny font. Made you think it was a big old sellout, and they were just talking about the lower bowl. Who does that? Oh, I'm just – I don't think UAB is all that bad. I mean, Rice doesn't look to be worth a, worth a dang, but it, it's also like you – Granted, I think in the grand scheme of things, Tulane and USF are pretty good, but those were not games you Tulane is a reasonable loss. USF, you had no reason to lose in that game, right? Yeah. You had them by 20 at half. Like, what are we talking about? So yeah. for me, I'm just worried that they don't have the ability to put it all together. Like they have somehow lost the ability to put it together. I don't get it. It seems that way at least. I think outside defensively, I mean, the main thing is what we talked about in the first segment. Like, you got to find a guy or two. Maybe it's JQ and Malco, but you got to find two, a vocal leader or two that steps up to replace what Caleb Mills was bringing. 
Like you got to have somebody internally at the team level that's doing that kind of stuff. It can't just be on the staff. I think that's what they're missing. Yeah, I think that's 100% right. He talked about this a long time ago or a couple of weeks ago, about a couple of months ago. He talked about not having bad cops, right, on the team. And, you know, there's a way to be a bad cop and be a constructive bad cop. I think they have a couple of bad cops that probably don't do a good job of of actually building the team back up, I think is more so a, yeah. you know, can be divisive at times. Um, but, you know, that, I think this is where you rely on a guy like Javon Quinterly. And you say, you've been there. You've been exactly where we want to go. Um, and we need you to hold us accountable. Um, and, and it's going to take to your, to your point, not just Javon, that Malco, like you're getting me bought at, uh, Malco's freaking been here for five years. He's right. played for Penny his whole life. He knows what Penny expects. He knows what Penny teaches. He knows what Penny wants to run. Like, Malcolm, be that extension of him on the team, on the court. You know what this team is missing? Alex Lomax. Mm. And Alex. We tried. TJ tried to pump it up. GA Alex. Mm. <laughs> I, well, I think that they're missing that that stalwart defender that Caleb was right. He was just the glue guy. He was, you could put him out not there. Even one just def- four. It's not even just, defender. I know, I know, Caleb, but I, I do think Caleb that plays was, a role in it. Yeah. He was the guy that would sacrifice for the betterment of the team, whether that's sacrificing shots, minutes, starting, whatever it was like, he was willing to give up things in order to help the team be better. And I don't know that we have many, other people on the team right now that were willing to do that. That's just being straight up. And I've said in the discord, like it's also this day and age too. Kenny, you were talking about it before we took a break. You got like basketball at times has turned into like, it is a team sport, but it's turned into very selfish individual statistical. Like, let me get mine regardless of a win or loss, especially at the collegiate level when guys are trying to make it to the next level or professionally. What do they want to do? They want to put up numbers so that people see them, recognize them, and then they get an opportunity. Hmm. It's not necessarily all about coming in and winning games and championships and playing Hmm. together and guys being willing to sacrifice Hey, maybe I don't need to be taking 12 shots a game. Maybe it needs to be five. Maybe I don't need to play 35 minutes a game. I need to come out when I'm tired so that we can hold it down defensively. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not saying that that's specific to this team. I just mean in general, this generation of basketball, I feel like that's the way it is. You mm-hmm. get more guys that want to go out there and score points and make flashy plays for themselves personally than you do get teams that just want to win basketball games well and i think the transfer portal has kind of accentuated that right a hundred percent you come in Where, and you got 13 new guys every year like it's gonna be difficult to it's almost like you got 13 mercenaries right that are representing right. that are representing a a team that the majority of the fan base would live and die for right right that and that's what for. this is hilarious is coming up because i was Literally, I got so mad on Sunday about that. My in-laws were over here, my newborn, my daughter, my wife. I'm watching the game with all of them. And I was so – like I we lost. I got up and just walked out of the room. 
Like I was just furious. And after a little while, I was like, what am I doing? Like I'm more upset than these guys that actually probably lost the game. And they're here for like, I'm this mad about a bunch of 24, 25 year olds that are here for like eight months just because they're wearing a jersey that says Memphis. Like, why am I this mad about this? Yeah. But it's because I've freaking spent my entire life, 33 years, going to every home basketball and football game. Like, I've invested so much time and energy into Memphis athletics that I just like can't help but care. I don't know. And I don't think it's wrong to care. I don't think it's wrong. I do think that I do think the question is, 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 you know, how do, does this team need to buy in to how the fans feel about this team and this university for them to be as successful as we want them to be? Right. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, I get, and I, I'm yes. I mean, what's the whole Penny's been pushing it. The city's team, like, these dudes that aren't from here, they ain't really ever been around Memphis again. They're here for eight months. They really even understand like what that's trying to push. Like mm. probably not like the magnitude of it though. I mean, they yeah. weren't around for any of that stuff. The original final four runs, like they don't, they hadn't truly experienced how the city rallies around a, a program and a team like that. And like, I don't know, just, you know, to the Dorsey D wrote like, those dudes were bigger than the Grizzlies. Granted, I know the Grizzlies sucked, but like, mm. what they were? The Grizzlies were awful. That no, I know. The Grizzlies were I'm just awful, saying so that statement is watered down. It was still factually true that they were bigger than NBA basketball players. What I just said, I know that they sucked, and that plays a part of it. I'm just that's saying, fine. Say, make your statement. Go ahead. I'm just wow. saying, a lot of other areas that have collegiate teams and professional teams that would never be the case. Never go to Philadelphia, and there's not going to be a Temple basketball player that's ever at any point, no matter how good Temple is, bigger than any of the 76ers. Is that wrong? No, no, you're not wrong about that. It's just I'm just trying to say it's a it's different here to that regard. Well, and that's and I don't changed. Know that all the dudes that come in, it has changed. I know I the just, Grizzlies. I don't know if any of that matters. They have a global icon superstar. You have a young, good core. Like the Grizzlies are good now. So yes, it's changed. They're not going to get to that level, but it all but just goes back. Like, you're bringing in Should dudes that are here for a very small fraction of their life, and I don't know that they really like care that much about the city's team that was a long way of saying that i don't know i just don't think it should matter just win games like yeah, you, you have agree. you have the talent that i think penny has shown that he can be a good coach he's really been great at defense and just for some reason we put that to the wayside this year i don't know if it's because this is an offensive minded team it's built just to have more offensive power, firepower than it is defensive firepower. And that's kind of what we're rolling with. So we're kind of flipped the script this year. And it seems like it's, it, it's showing. I'm not sure it's truly worth it at times. That's just me. Yeah. I, I just think in the end, the way you fix the Tigers is just win games, man. Like just get out there and do what you know. Mm -hmm. Do what this team has done for 15 out of the 19 games that they've played this year. Do enough to win games. And I'm telling you, winning cures everything. 
Like it really does. It will, it, it will cure, um, any of the ill feelings I think that, that are there. Um, if there are, if they really are there, uh, cause my theory is, is I think Penny kind of made it up. Um, and number two, it'll change the way that the team is covered. It'll change the way that the fans talk about the team. It'll change everything. People will be right. The good feelings will be back. Yeah. We were just in the midst of a 10 game winning streak and people were complaining left and right. Well, they were complaining about the net. They were complaining yeah. about the metrics. Well, and how bad we were playing and we weren't beating teams by uh I guess, yeah. But yeah, but there's a that's a certain win, select that's a certain select group of fans that think the Tigers, when they step on the floor, should beat everybody by 30. Watch like hey. how do you how do you stop that? I mean, like, what do you do about that? There's not, a, there's, there's nothing you can say to a team or to a fan that thinks that every time the Tigers give up a bucket, that they're the shittiest team in the, in, in the world and that Penny Hardaway needs to be fired. You know what I'm saying? Like but you're, and then I know people say that, but that's going to the complete opposite in it. Like, I know, I know the way other side, I don't think it's so much to ask to not give up a hundred effing points to UTSA. I'm not saying they should never score a basket and we shouldn't let them cross half court, but a hundred points, <laughs> like, come on. Well, that's an anomaly though, right? Who is else it? is putting up a hundred points? Yeah. I mean, I, I think so. I can go back and look at the basketball schedule, but I don't think anyone else. I mean, we that, still, right? we gave up 86 to Wichita state. Wow. That's not a hundred points though. 80 to VCU. Not a hundred points though. 80 to, I'm just, okay. TJ, you get, it was an anomaly. I wouldn't worry about that. It's when it becomes consistent and there's a theme to things. That's when there's an issue, right? Allow, allowing yeah, double digit giving everybody double digit three pointers is an issue. That's that's a that's a theme. That's not I'm not good. saying that they shouldn't make a three pointer. I'm just saying, hey, let's not allow every team to hit their season high in threes. <laughs> not settling for poor shots because just because they're open, like they they're open because they're leaving you open on purpose. Just win. That's all that matters. Just win. That's all we want, dude. All right. We got two all we want. big ones. UAB Sunday. 70% chance to win. We're probably going to be favored by four and a half or five, I would guess. Um, UAB's defense is really, really bad. So whatever our team total is for points, I would take the over. <laughs> and they have a decent offense, so I would probably just take the game over in general. Would be the play for me. But uh, go two and zero this week. Right the ship. Let's get another little winning streak going. Memphis has played UAB twenty times, and their record is nineteen and one. So. How wild is that stat? We've only played them in basketball 20 times. Yep. I mean, one of the greatest all-time memories in Memphis basketball was at the Bartow Arena, right? Pierre Henderson, Niles, slap. The slap her around the world. The hand of God. And the, the Memphis sign. Yes. Y'all going to go to that game or y'all staying home? 
We got kids, and man. We both got yeah. little kids. We can't go. I got a two-week-old at the hizzy. Your wife yeah. wouldn't let you leave? You think I'm going down to... God, that's a furry Our life just got flipped, turned upside down. We got two kids, two and under. Get out of here. It ain't happening, huh? Get out of here. No, I will not be in Birmingham. We have played what do you want to see? Two things. so many more times than 20 games. I'm looking at the history right now, and this says 39 and 11. Oh, I saw a stat that said we played them 20 times. That's my bad. This is dating back. This is only dating back to 83, 84. Kenneth. Yeah. History just, from uh, 84 to 19, we're 39 and 11. It seemed a little off, but I don't want to like challenge him on in the middle of the recording on my challenge me. I, I just read, listen, I read stats just like y'all do. I just read the wrong ones. Apparently <laughs> Memphis tiger. Jeb is going to roast me on for sure. As he should X, X tomorrow. I mean, I'm sure we're 19 and one in against him in something like handball yeah. or something. We had a handball dynasty at one point. Yeah, they were real, real good at handball though. <laughs> All right. Well, let's make it 20 and one on Sunday. <laughs> Stop it. Timothy, let's get into this locale gold and get out of here. Dad's got to go to bed. Yeah, man. Uh, pretty cool can. It look, doesn't look too much different than the uh, normal Is it? Can. When you hand bright. me this morning, I thought it was a, uh, a lemonade. I get that. Why. It's got a little bit of a green hue to it. I don't think the other one yeah. has that. The other one's like black and gold, I think. Yeah. It's uh, darker. I mean, this cool is can. much lighter. It's fine. It's it's lighter. The can's lighter. The beer's lighter. I get it. Yeah. Mm. It's okay. I'll say the can. But I mean, is, is, like is a, this like an alternative to like a Miller Light? Is that what it's supposed to? Be? Um, I mean, I guess it's 112 calories, crisp, so a little bit more than Miller Light. Refreshing. This low cal gym offers both quality and quantity. It's an ale. Gold nail, locale, 3.6% alk, only 112 calories. So if you're cutting, but you should be in a winter bulk at this point. So you should have gotten the heavy stuff. Uh, I mean, the can's whatever. I thought it was a lemonade for that. I'm going to deduct a couple points. I'm going to go 6 1 on the can. I like the fact that they went lighter with the can since the beer's a lighter beer. I don't really get the locale. Like the locale is this be is there a play on words there that I'm missing? I don't know. But well it's low calorie, right? Yeah, but that's not how you spell low. I know. It's also just the way they have cows making me think of like Cali. I don't know. It's kind of what I was thinking too, and I'm trying to get the buy in. I don't know. Whatever, dude. It's an okay can. It's it's not bad. What'd you say? Six what? Six one, I think. I probably go like a six five, six six, maybe. That's fine, that feels extreme. I don't know. I kind of like what they're doing. What do you think about the beer itself, though? Um, it was good. It very. It was crisp. It was refreshing. It is light. This is this is one you could take a, a full six or twelve over the tailgate and probably be fine. 
I would drink more yeah, than this one. This is a good one, man. Um, felt like a good. I don't know why I'm thinking of this. Felt like a good after cutting the grass beer. Hmm, I get that. I was trying to I see. Have, I would have enjoyed this one in a pint. Yeah, it's so hit or miss on what we're gonna get a pint in. Unfortunately, like there's so this, in, so this last this last batch you included several pints. Did I specifically grabbed a lot of pints? Um, I do think this one's good. It is lighter. I'd be curious to taste it next to the original. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. How we rated, rated the original. Isn't it? It's one of the higher ones, isn't it? It is, yeah. I was trying to pull I think up Ghost the, River um, Golden, just one of the more liked local beers in general. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. I was trying to pull that up, um, but I don't, I'm not on the right computer, unfortunately. So that's not going to work. Uh, we did rate it pretty high. This is good to me. I could definitely drink multiple of them. Um, it does kind of leave a malty taste in my mouth. I don't love that part, but I think that's just a I'm DJ thing, personally. This is one of the least malt, uh, malt. Uh, leftovers i've had in our show i don't know maybe again maybe it's just a me thing i don't know but it's pretty good i would you say would you rate it i haven't scored it yet but locale gold lighter side i mean I, it's good it's a good brew i'm going like seven five okay i was gonna think seven seven maybe even a seven eight i mean honestly, you're gonna have to let because me know i could drink a one. lot of them yeah once you get to the the scoring i don't want that to be higher than the original the original is definitely better no, I, I think well, I might, the, I might uh, have to take it down. I think our original was much, much higher. Yeah, I want to say it was, it was in the eights, maybe eights, like almost even one. a nine, perhaps. Yeah, oh, it was definitely up there. up there towards nines. Um, oh, here I got the Excel, I gotta pull it up this way. My internet is absolute dog water in this room. Um, I think we... it's this virtual studio Kenny set up. It's dog water. Yeah. We'll just have to get back into the freaking studio. All right. We gave it a, you give it an eight, two. I give it an eight, one. So I think we're about yeah. on par. There we go. That feels right. This feels six, seven decimal points lower. Yeah. I think we're on par. We like the more calorie, the more cal calorie beer. What's the, the higher yeah. calorie beer? We like that one. The mo, the, we like the mocal better than the low cal. The mocal. The low cal exactly. is still good, but the mocal is number one. Exactly. All right, let's beat UAB's ass. You guys come back next week with cold beer and stay for our hot takes. Dad's out. If you enjoyed this episode of Tigers Untapped, leave a rating and a review wherever you download your podcasts. Like and subscribe at Bluff City Media's YouTube page. Head over to www.bluffcitymedia.co for comprehensive coverage of Memphis sports. <laughs>